Thank you for joining us today with Cindy Sherwood's podcast, Words for the Journey. In our podcast today, we're going to tackle the subject of bondage, false idols, and finding freedom. If you've never driven in Colorado Springs, let me tell you, it is a confusing town to get around in, especially for the newcomer. Countless streets have multiple names. For instance, Lake, Circle, and Fillmore are all the same street, depending on where you are in the city. And then there's the duplicate names. My own neighborhood has seven streets starting with Spring something. How's that for confusing? And don't get me started on all the Cheyenne Street names. I live near the Broadmoor Hotel, and there are several streets with Broadmoor in their name. None of them go to the hotel, though. We have an airport road. It doesn't go to the airport. Garden of the Gods Road doesn't go to Garden of the Gods, but 30th does. And Fountain doesn't go to Fountain. Nowhere near. Hmm. After living here for 20 years, I have now a pretty good idea where everything is, but it took a while. Even so, I find myself using my phone GPS more and more, just getting around in my own city, not because I don't know where things are, but because for any given route, there are easily a half a dozen options for getting there, and my phone might tell me which is the quickest route, and more importantly, which is the least problematic. Don't ask me how it knows which roads are clogged up. That's a mystery to me. Don't you wish we had a GPS for our life roads as well? Wouldn't it be great if we could grab our phone and ask, Hey Siri, should I marry John or Mike? Hey Siri, should I take this new job or stay where I'm at? Hey Siri, should I stay in my marriage or walk out? Hey Siri, should I drink tonight or not? Well, we can ask if we want, but Siri doesn't have that kind of wisdom. Only God does. And actually, we can ask God those questions anytime we want to, and he has the wisdom to answer us. And he will answer us, but it might be something we really don't want to hear. While there are times when we honestly don't know which road to take, I think we usually do know what the right thing is to do. We just don't want to do it. We battle our flesh, our will, every day. Our pride says, I want to please myself. I want to do it my way. I want the easy road. I want to have fun. I want to feel good. We don't want to be single anymore, so we get married, even though deep down we may know it is not the right relationship. We don't want to be married anymore, so we get divorced, even though we know it's wrong. We don't want to feel uncomfortable feelings. So we eat too much food, drink too much alcohol, take drugs, anything that will artificially alter our feelings. We want to do something for ourselves, So we spend money we don't have to buy things we don't need. We go into debt, extending our lifestyle beyond what we can afford. A house that's too expensive or a new car just so we can have that new car smell again. We take vacations we can't afford because we deserve it. We eat out several times a week because 
We don't want to be bothered with buying groceries and cooking meals. We go on endless shopping sprees for clothes and shoes. We want a thrill, a high, a jolt out of our boredom, so we gamble. We engage in pornography. We seek out sexual partners. We have an answer for everything. So, as I said, the problem usually isn't that we don't know the right road to take. It's that we don't want the right road. God had something to say to the Israelites on a similar subject. It was the 11th hour for Israel when God sent Jeremiah the prophet to try and talk some sense into them. God had warned his children so many times what would happen if they trusted in the false idols and foreign gods, but they ignored him. And now captivity was imminent. The Babylonians were closing in to take over their land. And why? Why were they about to be destroyed? <laughs> it wasn't because God didn't warn them. Jeremiah 2, 11 and 12 in the NIV says, Has a nation ever changed its gods? Yet they are not gods at all. But my people have exchanged their glorious God for worthless idols. Be appalled at this, you heavens, and shudder with great horror, declares the Lord. Exchange their gods? What is God talking about? Well, it was God himself who had given the Israelites their land from the beginning of time. God had promised this land to them. But it took a while for them to actually move in and take over. When Jeremiah spoke, they had been there for about 600 to 700 years. And, as God promised, he was their God. They were children of the one true God, almighty God, creator of the universe. He was good on his word and took care of his children. However, they were surrounded by nations who worshipped an array of false gods. And not only that, they never completed their original orders to conquer the land completely and remove every foreign god. Many of those people were still living among them. So they started to become like them. Over time, they intermarried with the Gentile people who worshipped false gods. Then they too began worshipping the false gods, Baal, Ashtoreth, Molech, and others. They put their trust in gods who weren't God and turned their back on the one true God. Let's keep going. Jeremiah 2.13 My people have committed two sins. They have forsaken me, the spring of living water, and have dug their own cisterns, broken cisterns that cannot hold water. Two sins. That's what God said. Let's see what they are. The first is that we forsake God. In other words, we can't grab onto the new God, the false idol, without first letting go of the true God. I will come back to this first sin in a moment. The second sin is we build broken cisterns. So what's a cistern? Well, back in Jeremiah's day, and still in many places in the world, cisterns were built to hold water in order to have water, a water source during times of drought. They would dig a large hole and cover it with plaster and then let the rainwater fill it up. Sounds like a good idea, 
But have you ever seen what happens to water when it just sits? Sits for years. Not only does it fill up with dirt and leaves and bugs, but it starts to turn a lovely green color from the algae that grows. Yum. Don't think I want to drink water from a cistern. But that's not all. God called it a broken cistern. Sometimes that plaster would crack. Then the water would leak, and it wouldn't hold the water at all. So why this analogy? God's saying, so you don't want me to be your God. You want the foreign gods. You want something else. You think you have a better idea, really. How much power do these gods have? How much wisdom do they have? How much do they love and care about you? Not at all. They can't help you one bit because they aren't gods at all. They're fake, false. They are your attempts to substitute the living water I've promised to you for something disgusting and unreliable. How smart is that? That's what happens when we try to do things our own way and cut God out of the equation. We end up without any water at all. The very thing we were trying to accomplish in the first place. The cisterns we build are unreliable, too. They break. Our overspending leads to crippling debt. Taking drugs, alcohol, overeating, and pornography lead to addictions. Illicit sex leads to diseases and broken relationships, unwanted children, and abortion. Divorce leads to devastation all around. Crime leads to prison. Overwork leads to exhaustion and broken bodies. Our solutions are not solutions at all. They are bondage. They take our life captive and destroy us. The consequences to living this life and forsaking God are terrible. Let's read Jeremiah 2, verses 14 to 18. Is Israel a servant, a slave by birth? Why then has he become plunder? Lions have roared. They've growled at him. They've laid waste his land. His towns are burned and deserted. Also, the men of Memphis and Tapanes have cracked your skull. Have you not brought this on yourselves by forsaking the Lord your God when he led you in the way? Now, why go to Egypt to drink water from the Nile? And why go to Assyria to drink water from the Euphrates? The price of building our own cisterns is costly. Our lives are plundered, burned, and deserted. We bring hurt to ourselves and everyone around us. God is saying, why are you doing this? Are you nuts? I've given you the fresh water. Yet you choose dirty water. Can't you see, he says, you're hurting yourself. You've brought it on yourself. So how do we get ourselves out of these messes we've made? Let's go back to what God said. What is the first sin? We forsake God. Forsaking God is what started the problem. So if we're going to solve the problem, let's fix the first problem. We've forsaken God. How do we forsake God? By not giving him the place of primary importance in our life. What does that look like in practical terms? We forsake God when we don't go to church, 
and interact with other Christians and absorb teaching from the pulpit and study groups. We forsake God when we don't read his word every day, when we don't think about what he's saying to us and apply it to our day. We forsake God when we don't spend time in prayer every day, sharing our heart with him and listening to his heart as he shares with us. We forsake God when we disobey his word. God wants a close and connected relationship with us. Just like the Israelites, when we disconnect from God and turn to things that are offensive to God and damaging to our life, we lose our lifeline that keeps us healthy and victorious. We lose the power, wisdom, and guidance needed to stay out of trouble. If we want God's help, we've got to let him be in charge. Start by giving God the place of primary importance in your life. Let him be your God. For many of the broken cisterns in our life, they are a response to deeper, unmet needs in our heart and mind. Yes, our cisterns are sinful choices, but God sees beyond the sin. He sees your true need. He sees that you are carrying some pretty painful wounds in your mind and heart. He knows pain and unmet longings are what's behind your choices to build broken cisterns. He's calling out to you because he wants to meet those deep needs and heal those painful wounds. Jeremiah 3, 12 to 13 in the NIV says, Return faithless Israel, declares the Lord. I will frown on you no longer, for I am faithful, declares the Lord. I will not be angry forever. Only acknowledge your guilt. You have rebelled against the Lord your God. You've scattered your favors to foreign gods under every spreading tree and have not obeyed me, declares the Lord. All he asks is that you return to him and let him do this restorative work. If you've turned away from him, confess this then let him restore you. Let him in. Let him be in charge. Let him bring the healing you need. Verse 15 says, Then I will give you shepherds after my own heart who will lead you with knowledge and understanding. He will supply what is needed. God will give you shepherds. This is not something you need to figure out. Return to him and he will give you what you need. The Healing Journey class is a place where thousands of people have found their thirst quenched and their lives restored. If you have broken cisterns in your life, check it out. It can help you get healing. It is a convenient place to find the knowledge and tools you need to get back on the right road and headed in a good direction. God loves you tremendously. It grieves him when he sees you choosing roads he knows are going to bring pain, hurt, and devastation to your life and to the lives of your loved ones. Our prideful choices hurt everyone around us, including those we must love, most love. God is the one true God. He's the one with all the right answers. He's the one you can trust who will always come to your aid and help you. He created the universe. He created life. He created you. So he knows how to fix things when they are broken. 
If you have broken cisterns, do not despair. You may have left him, but he has not left you. He loves you and you are precious to him. If you've left the Lord, return to him. He's eagerly waiting for you to come back. All scripture is from the New King James Version, unless otherwise stated. Thank you for listening to Cindy Sherwood's podcast. Visit us on the web at hishealinglight.org to learn more about our ministry. Please consider rating us on iTunes or your other favorite music app. God's best to you today. Thank you.